0: Hey, take a look at your hands, would you? I mean, look at the front, the back. You know, hands are kind of weird, aren't they? I mean, you just look at them; they kind of have these weird digits. For the next few minutes, we want to talk about hands—your hands, my hands—and what God actually can do with with our hands. Have you ever heard the story of the feeding of the five thousand? Um, it is in Matthew and John. It's in, the, it's in the Gospels, the story of Jesus. And it's, it's when there was a crowd of 5,000 plus people and they were around Jesus and he had been teaching them and they were hungry and so Jesus did what? He took five tortillas and two cans of tuna and one double-double and fed the whole crowd. It's a cool story, it's a fun story, it's a true story and you may have heard it and you may have even told it, but here it is. Late in the afternoon the twelve came to Jesus and said send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here now the 12 would be of course the 12 disciples and the big crowd was there and Jesus has been talking to them all day long and it's getting late and these people need to get moving and the disciples are now basically coaching Jesus to say Jesus your next words are this Thank you very much, you've been a great audience God bless, see you later But there's something in that story that we don't always see It goes on to say this But Jesus said, you feed them Now, okay, if, if, if I were one of the disciples If we were the disciples, what do you do with that statement? You, know, you, you feed them, I mean, you see the crowd There's, just like, there's like people ev- everywhere What does it mean you, you feed them? Now, some of you are organizers, and you're already saying, okay, DoorDash is going to be busy for a while, or let's call Subway, or let's see, 500 meat and cheese platters and 50 veggie tofu trays for the vegans. You go to Costco for the plates and napkins. I'll bring the water and the s'mores. You feed them. Some might say, Jesus, that's a real good one. What's What's your real plan? But he said, you feed them. And my question is, why did Jesus say that? And, and what, what would you have done with that one? What, what, I think, what would I have done with that one when Jesus said, you feed them? I mean, we're talking about 5,000 people here, and it's a little weird, the statement that he made, you know, and there's no food truck that's going to be pulling up, and I don't have my credit card with me at the time. What is Jesus mocking them? You feed them. You know, you feed them. Or was he showing how puny they were, because that seemed pretty out of character with who Jesus is or was Jesus beginning to do something in their lives that he continues to do today in your life as well and what I think when I look at this story that Jesus was beginning to hand over to them and to us something very very important and something very very real to us as the people who come together and call ourselves Mariners Church I think Jesus was now doing the handoff, the handover to us on what he was doing in the world. I think he was beginning the process of saying, What I have been doing, now I'm gonna give it up to you. I think Jesus was saying, I'm gonna have you start to do what I do in this place. And this is cool. I mean it's a it's a whole cool thing. It's not mission impossible. He's not taunting or teasing. He's saying you guys can do this Jesus made this statement and it's a little uncomfortable until we kind of look at it he says I tell you the truth anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing he will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father and I I get a little scared of this verse I mean I've never walked on water I've, I've never calmed a storm I mean, I've, I've turned water into fruit punch with some powder mix, but not water into wine. I can't do that. I mean what are these greater works that Jesus is asking us to do? And we always, sometimes when we look at that, we want to, I want to think about, oh my gosh, you know, these greater works must be these showy works, you know, these big miraculous works. But what really were the great works that Jesus did? I mean, he did the miraculous. Of course he could. He's God. That's not a problem with him but he also did great works that touch the lives of people in fact I sometimes think the greatest works that we can do are those that touch the lives of people and help them Jesus said you will do greater works and it's not the showy stuff it's the people stuff it's who we are being here to do the people stuff I made a short list of the kind of hands that Jesus had that, that, that helped people First of all, he had feeding hands. He (coughs) fed people who were hungry. He fed 5,000 one time. He fed 4,000 at another. Can we, at some point in our lives, feed 9,000 people? I think we can. He had serving hands. He served people by washing the feet of 12. Can we wash the feet of 12? And he had healing hands. He healed dozens of people. And can we? help bring healing to dozens of people of course we can and he had loving hands jesus touched people and blessed their lives he got involved in the lives of people loved them can we do that because i think this is what jesus is getting at i'm going to start to transfer over what i'm doing to us to you okay back to the feeding of the crowd before he did the miracle, there was a discussion going on. Let me just kind of give a few paragraphs of what was going on before. When Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, Where can we buy bread to feed these people? That's a legitimate question. He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. You know, where does Philip go with this? He goes to reality, you know, a little bit of pessimism, but reality here. He's saying, there's just just no way. It's not going to happen. We don't have that much money. And remember, it says that Jesus is stretching out his faith. Now, um, where does Philip go? Well, Philip's faith got stretched a little too much and snapped goes on to say this, another of his disciples, Andrew, spoke up, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. <laughs> How far will they go among so many? So Andrew, what he did is he found this kid who was probably just standing around and he rips off the kid's lunch. I always wondered what the kid was thinking, you know, all of a sudden, hey, what the, not back like my lunch you know, you big jerk. You know, but anyway, the lunch is gone. Jesus then, it says, took the loaves. He gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, "Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted." So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had been eaten. Now, I've heard this, and maybe maybe you've heard this. As well, um, people say that really wasn't a miracle. But people just started once they saw the little boy sharing his lunch. They started sharing with each other. You know, hey, this this boy's willing to share. Then we should be as well. You know, that's sweet. But the story completely falls apart if you hold to that view. It it's not a miracle. Jesus had said, "Hey, you're going to start doing what I'm doing here." And he took what the disciples brought, and he waited until they actually did something about it. Why? I mean, why did he wait? But he took really what the disciples brought. He waited until the disciples actually made a move, until they did something with it. Because he's saying, you now are going to be my hands and my feet in this world. We've all heard the story. I'm I'm not sure it's how true it is, but it's a cool story anyway. During World War II a, a church in Strasbourg, Germany was almost totally destroyed, just you know, bombed and all that kind of stuff. And, and they put the church together the best they could, but there was a statue of Jesus and it was just in pieces. And so they put the statue of Jesus back together again. And, and they got it pretty well together, only the hands of the statue were missing. They, they, they just couldn't find them. And a famous sculptor of the day offered to make new hands. But after considering the matter, the members decided to let it stand as it was, without hands. For, they said, Christ has no hands, but our hands do his work on earth. If we don't feed the hungry and give drink to the thirsty and entertain the stranger and visit the imprisoned and clothe the naked, who will? And then as the story goes, they put a plaque at the base of the statue that says we are the hands of Jesus. Okay, to be God's hands and feet, I really need to, I have to bring what I have and trust God to do what God does. If you are going to be the hands and feet and be the person that God wants you to be in your little world, in your little corner of your world, you have to bring what you can and let God do what God does. Um, You might say, "I, I don't have that much to give. In your eyes, you don't, but you have to start somewhere. I don't know how many times, gosh, I've seen this situation and I've, and I've thought, to myself, you know, somebody really ought to do something about this. And the reality is that each one of us, all of us, well, we're somebody. Um, our town of Hathaway Bay has, a, has a, a, a ministry, Abundant Grace, and Eric DeBode is the director of, of that. And uh, the other week I, I had coffee with him and we just talked. And, and I said, you know, because he really has a heart for those that are, that need shelter, those that are homeless, and, and, and I said, when did you start working with, with homeless people? I mean, when did you start, tell me about your heart for this, and he said, ever since he was a child. God placed in him a desire to help those that are struggling, and to him, they are not they, there's no they, each one is a person. And if honestly he does not do something, it doesn't happen. And if we don't bring something, it does not happen. But when you do, watch God begin to move and multiply it. So my action really is to carry on what Jesus did. And that's why we're here, and that's why we do what we do here at Mariners. I, I, I mean, you know, when you look around, you know, when I look around at the people that um, I just wonder, you know, who, who are we? Who are we? In the last few weeks, we've been talking about that. We've been talking about like God has put us here in this place in this time. And we are together in the name of Christ. And we are here to carry on what He did to be His hands, really, and to be His feet. And honestly, your life, my life, will not be fully or fulfilled until we do those works or those things that God has asked us to do. Okay, look back at your hands. Would you please look at them? Mine are getting all old, wrinkly, yuck, all that kind of stuff. Um, but they still work. They still work. And use your hands kind of as a, a symbol of how God wants to use you in your world, in this world. 500 years ago, St. Teresa of Avila said this, Christ has no body on earth but yours. No hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion for the world is to look. Yours are the feet with which he is to go about doing good. And that's why we live and that's why we give, to see stuff happen around this co and around this incredible world. Jesus also said this. He said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am what? I'm sending you. Now what do you see when you look at your hands? Look at your hands. Um, You could say, in a sense, these are the hands that Jesus wants to do something with. These are the hands that when I do something to help to serve, to love, to care for, to take action. He's become then, really, the work of God through me. And we exist here on earth to do a lot, to enjoy life, and I love life, I love love and life, and to love God and, and the stuff that He gives us, but mainly to be Jesus' hands and mainly to be Jesus' feet. Now there's one thing that Jesus did with his hands and feet that you and I can't do he had nails put through them he was hung on a cross crucified stapled, nailed there and that's where God's love for you was completely shown that's where he took a step that none of us can take and it's called a sacrifice and God punished Jesus instead of you and took your sin upon himself but while we won't be nailed to a cross we can do the same thing with our hands and feet. We can still be a sacrifice for others when you give up just a little bit of yourself for someone else. We're gonna talk about this more next week and in the weeks to come as we're gonna start a series we're calling it Summer of Love. (laughs) We wanna talk about how we can be more loving to those around us that it's easy to love and even those that are hard to love. I'm excited about this time at this church, I I really, really am, and we're venturing out of a crazy time into another kind of crazy time, And, and we're going to be doing things for the sake of Jesus and for people, and when you bring your five loaves, your two fish in your hands, in your hands, God will rock this coast, and God will rock our world. Would you pray with me, please? Just as you pray, um, I'm gonna ask you not to close your eyes, but I'd like you to just look at your hands. And You might say to God, God, I wanna present these hands as a symbol of my heart and my service to you. And I would pray you would use these hands for something good today that I would see a need and I would be there to meet that need and I would take initiative, even though it may look hard or impossible or crazy or maybe it seems like it would, it's like trying to feed 5,000 people. May I start with what I've got. And so God, I want to make a difference. Use me and I thank you in Jesus' name.